And we are back for a, another episode of Being Human. I'm delighted to say I'm here with Jason Lippert. He is the CEO of LCI Industries, um, which caters and creates componentry for the RV industry. He's joining us from Elk Park in, in Indiana, which uh, I didn't know until just before we came on air, is uh, the the home of the RV industry. Over 80% of RVs are manufactured in Elkhart in Indiana. Uh, so a warm welcome, Jason, uh, from Indiana. Thanks so much for having me, Richard. I appreciate it. Yeah. Great. And so we got connected because you are a, a mutual fan of Mr. Bob Chapman, who wrote the book, Everybody Matters. It sounds like you were inspired by his story. Uh, and that of caring in the workplace. And as I understand it, having done a bit of research on the LCI Industries website, uh, that is a journey that you guys have been on towards creating this uh, caring culture. It wasn't always there from what I understand. Uh, so I'm very excited to hear your story in terms of that transition from you know how it was to, to how it is. And perhaps before even we get into that, a little bit of backstory for you personally. Uh, yeah, before we get into the, the story of the business. Sure. Do so you want the backstory? Yeah, let's, yeah. <laughs> uh, real, you know, real quick, I, well, you know, our, our, our business started as a, a family business, you know, in the fifties, my grandfather, uh, came back from the world war II. Um, he was in the Navy. He decided to go work in manufacturing as a roofer for a manufactured housing, uh, builder in central Michigan. Um, he rolled the story forward. He, he found a partner to, you know, start a roofing, his own roofing business, uh, metal roofing business for the, for the homes and, you know, started the business, ran it for a handful of years. My dad eventually got in the business and took it over, uh, grew up from where my grandpa had taken it. Um, I came on board toward the end of my dad's career in 94 and started in the welding, uh, our welding facilities and welded for a couple of years and ran a few plants and, and developed the RV business about that time. We sold to a public, uh, a publicly held company, and became, you know, part of a bigger public company. Um, and you know, we as we kicked the RV business off, it, it, we were a hundred percent housing business before then. And um, you know, we 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 clicked quickly over the next decade, become became ninety percent RVs, and we right. organically grew a lot of our business and all sorts of different product areas we were just customers loved us and they loved how we did business. And they, you know, would ask us to get into all these products. And I was, I was younger and, um, you know, willing to take more risk at the time. So we tried just about everything and got into a lot of products. We made some acquisitions and, you know, come the time of the great recession, we were about 90% of our business was RV. Mm. Um, went into the recession, um, you know, RVs, as you can imagine, uh, a leisure, you know, a, a leisure product that, that comes with a high price tag. Sometimes people weren't buying a lot of RVs during the recession. Right. Um, so we came out of the recession and said, okay, we've got to diversify. And, you know, we, we eventually got into some other businesses like Europe and the aftermarkets for our, our core business, the RV market. Uh, we got into the marine business. We got into some automotive aftermarket businesses, transportation. And, and more housing, uh, more residential housing on top of just manufactured housing. So we've diversified our business over the last, you know, 10 years have grown from, you know, a billion, you know, after the recession to about 5 billion last year. Uh, we've got 15,000 team members. We've got about 140 locations all over the world, mostly North America, but we've got, uh, you know, we've got 13 or so over in Europe. So, you know, we've got a great company today, a great business. We're diversified. Um, and we've been on a culture journey for the better part of the last 10 or 11 years, inspired by, you know, quite a bit by my faith, you know, faith journey, but also, you know, by getting introduced to, to Bob, uh, around that time. And, you know, I, I joke with Bob all the time because, you know, as part of our onboarding with all of our team members, you know, they've got to watch his truly human leadership TED talk that, that initially inspired me to change the culture of our business. So. Oh wow! So it was it was the, the TED talk had a big impact, and you yes. also mentioned faith. Uh, yeah. Well, m maybe we could start with with faith, and then and then come on to Bob. So, sure. 
when did when did that start to I suppose change you your faith journey where did that play a role and uh, where's that play in yeah yeah I, I you know I um I I'd say after you know 15 years of being in business and I you know we worked hard to grow the business I mean I was you know I took it to a different level I mean I was we saw this opportunity in RVs. There was a lot of small to spirit manufacturers, and uh, I just saw this opportunity to quickly, you know, get to be a, a big enough player where we could be the dominant player in the in the market that we're in today. Uh, but to do that, we had to roll some companies up. We had to really go fast and develop new products and become, you know, become kind of the dominant players in those product areas. And I was, you know. We would, you know, me and some of the guys that started the business, the RV business, I mean, we were sleeping at the plants. We just had so much business and so many orders. We, you know, we packed probably 30 years into the first 10. Right. Um, and we were just working all the time. It was unhealthy, but, you know, it was about, you know, 10, 15 years after we started the RV business, you know, I just, I just started doing a lot of praying and just, you know, asking God for you know, guidance and direction on this. It can't be like, I can't, you know, A, you can't keep up. I can't keep up this pace forever. And B, there's got to be more to life, more to my purpose and our people's purpose in the business to just, you know, work our butts off and get more revenues and, you know, get stock price moving up and, you know, more customers and more, more, more of, you know, all the, all the business side of things. What, you know, what's the purpose and meaning of our lives? And, you know, the, the answer came back and Hey, Hey, look, you've got, you know, thousands of people, uh, who have their own influential circles and their own and circles of impact. And they've got families and, you know, how are we really treating, uh, how are we really treating and caring for the people that we've got, you know, not just a few minutes with every week, but we've got 40 to 50 hours a week with these people. And, you know, it just became really clear that what God was telling me was, Hey, look, you know, you can have massive influence uh and change lives and create transformation in people's lives and make lives better by just doing work differently and and caring about the people that are sitting sitting in front of us that are in our facilities you know day in and day out so it was about that time i i had heard and actually the the truly human leadership ted talk came to me through an email uh during that time period and it was just one of those other light bulbs i think god set my way to say Hey, look, you know, here's, here's somebody that's been doing it for 10 years and has figured some things out. And, and once you listen to truly human leadership by Bob Chapman, if you're a business leader, it'll make you think about some things that if you haven't changed your culture and started doing some of those things, it'll make you start thinking about those things, you know, thinking about culture and how to, how to do work differently, uh, almost immediately. Right. And, and after reading that tech talk and you're in this I suppose dialogue with God about you know how you could uh, express your purpose differently. What were the, some of the first steps you took after after the TED talk? Yeah, well, it was um, you know like I had said, and you know when we we first started talking, uh, I, I started in the facilities. I my first job was you know uh, you know a ten hour shift welding uh, with a, a bunch of uh, people on big steel structures and, you know, blowing dirt out of my nose every night and weld flash in my eyes. And, you know, so I understood what it was like on the front lines, but as the company had grown, I had really, you know, grown farther and farther away, even more executive strategy acquisitions and kind of, you know, uh, organizational structure and, and things that, you know, a lot of CEOs work on. And I just, I just grown distant from the front lines of our business. So the first thing we did was, you know, let's go back into the facilities. I went back into the facilities. My team got closer to the facilities and we're fortunate enough to have, you know, like 40 today right here in our backyard because we've right. got some business where our, 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 our corporate office, our corporate headquarters are. So we just went back into the facilities and started listening to our team members. Uh, we mm -hmm. started doing surveys and we got a lot of great feedback and the feedback was, you know, while it was hard to hear, it was really, really easy to make some of the changes our team members were asked. And what we found through that process is just, you know, the, all the, all our teams and people wanted us to do was care more about what they had to say and care, care for them. But most importantly, just, you know, listen to them and then act, you know, right. and then do, we do what we say we're going to do. And that mm -hmm. created trust and integrity about that, 
you know, early time too, we, we implemented values. We had never had core values in our business. And we said, not are we going to launch these like most mature, larger companies, you know, have values. We're going to hold people accountable. And that was probably the single largest thing we did over the course of the whole journey is implement values and then start holding people accountable. So that, that being here meant that you were going to be treated fairly and that, you know, a leader couldn't act badly uh, to someone or a group of people and get, get away with it um, because he was friends or buddies with somebody else or, you know, all the things you hear about favoritism and nepotism or mm. today. So, you know, we changed a lot of those things. We stayed vigilant. You know, we exited people from the top levels of the business all the way down to the front lines. And, you know, most of our leaders in the business, I would tell you at the front lines of our business, where 95% of our team members are, um, because we manufacture things. So most of our team members are in the plants, working and assembling product, working on and assembling products. Um, what we found is that we have promoted a lot of leaders over the, the last decade and a half before we started this journey that really you know, A, we didn't define what leadership needed to look like. Um, we promoted people because they were just the best welder, the best assembler, or, or they were showed up on time to work every day and uh, were maybe nice people, maybe, you know, decent people, but we, we never promoted people based on a set of leader qualities or a definition of what we wanted a leader to be. So we had to spend the next years really laying out what those guidelines were for what a leader needed to look like in our business. And that, that changed the game to even the next level, because now leaders, you know, being a leader in our company took on a whole new meeting. It wasn't just, you know, Hey, leadership means a pay raise or leadership means, Hey, you're the boss and you could tell people what to do. It's, you know, it's a whole different level of responsibility for that person. Right. Yeah. Interesting. And so it sounds like you had to make some tough decisions. Yeah. You said you had to let go of some people, you know, for you personally, you know, were there moments where you were confronted with your own behaviors? Were there things that you had to change in, in your leadership to be, to become consistent with what you were laying out there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, matter of fact, I remember one of the first listening sessions I did as we were rolling out core values, um, a gentleman at one of the, one of the listening sessions, one of the plants that I, you know, I'd started up a lot of these plants myself and, you know, um, you know, I had this one guy, you know, raised his hand and he said, Hey, look, I, I've been watching you for 15 years. You're talking about doing something that's completely different than what you've been doing, you know, and what you've shown us and how your actions have been, you know, since I've been here, this is a guy talking. And, and I said, look, I, I understand. Uh, I set some horrible examples and I, I did some things that are counter to what we're asking people to do today, but we're giving everybody a chance to change. And that includes me. And all I asked our people from day one, as we rolled out the values and said, we're going to hold people accountable that I'm in that game too. I want people to hold me accountable. And as long as they see me and the rest of the leadership team, uh, especially the executives that are leading the charge and the plant leaders that are leading the charge, as long as you see us doing the right things and you see us trying to change and making more right moves than wrong moves, then just come along with us and don't throw stones Uh, because- Eventually, that will make things better if we're if we're taking positive steps. Let's not get caught up in how we were in the past because we might never get out of that hole if that's all we're going to do is think about. So yeah, and and of of the new behaviors for you, what what would you say was like yeah. the toughest for you to adjust to? Yeah, well, I will tell you that you know um, self control. You know, I never had a, a problem motivating people, which is one of lead, our leader qualities. I never had yep. a problem being courageous and making courageous decisions. Um, but you know, when it comes to, you know, came to patience, self-control and Hey, um, you know, Hey, if something didn't work out, let's not just, you know, you know, think up the room and, um, you know, create a bunch of uh, more headaches because it's not happening on the timeline. I want it to, it's just, you know, a lot of it for me was just being more patient and having more self-control and not having that reputation of, you know, blowing up when things didn't work out right. That's just. Um, you know, language, you know, the, 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 the language I used in the business changed a lot. Um, and, and I realized real quickly that setting that example for so, those types of things would, would do more good than any other thing that we did is just leading by example, leading the way that we wanted other people to lead. And 
you know, when other people take on that form, it just has a bigger ripple throughout the company when people are actually acting the way or in alignment to the values that we have on the wall and the leader qualities that we have, you know, laid out as expectations for our, our, our leaders in the business. Yeah, fa- fascinating. And I noticed when I went through the coaching program that you offer that one of the aspects of that coaching is is the emotional control element, right? That's what, that's what you, you coach people in. And right. I hadn't really considered that before, but of course, that's a huge part of caring, isn't yes. it? Because as you gain a position of authority, you kind of, in a way, you get this privilege, quote, to, to kind of be an ass sometimes, right? Yeah. For the, for the greater good, as you might justify it to yourself. Yeah. But that's not caring, right? If you're, yeah, as you say, you're creating up a, like an emotional storm. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, it's a concept of, you know, you can be demanding, just don't, you know, just be respectful. Uh, you know, mm. you, can, you can demand greatness and you can demand that we take on great challenges, but, you know, be respectful about it. And then more importantly, like you just said, you know, let's, let's coach people and give people the coaching they need because we can't just, you know, too many leaders and people today, they just throw the expectations on the table and say, go figure it out, go do it. And they don't take the time to help people along the way, jump in the trenches and, and help be a part of the solution. Um, you know, just like get it done. And that was, that was how I would classify our mentality prior to our culture change is just get it done. Um, and if you can't figure it out, we'll find somebody else who will. Um, (laughs) and we just changed our, changed our tune and said, Hey, look, let's get people the tools and walk them along, walk with, walk with them through some of these things, um, and coach them along the way. And look, if they can't get it after some coaching, you know, maybe we need to make some other adjustments, but a lot of people we found as we gave them coaching, um, we helped get more clear about communication. Um, we have spent so much time in our company spending, you know, coaching around effective communication and what that is. And there's so many layers to that. And we just, companies, you know, don't train their leaders, especially around what effective communication should look like. And if communication is an effect, is it effective? You know, the leader might be a great strategist, might be a great executor, but if they can't communicate what needs to happen and coach along the way, then there's a pretty good chance they might. So yeah yeah and this is a great point and this is something i took away from you know my interactions with bob is that you can you can throw the values up in the rule on the wall you can talk about being a a caring culture but people aren't trained to be good communicators they're not trained to be caring in our school system they come out with the hard skills right but they they're not i don't i don't remember ever having a lesson in like communication skills when i was a kid right and 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 certainly not in caring so yeah, yeah, it sounds like you're you're coming across the the, the same issue here, right? Pe- yeah. People need to be trained in this stuff. Yeah, right. And and I think that there is a you know an extra challenge around manufacturing. If you've ever been inside a manufacturing plant, and again, when I walked in my first plant in 1993, um, you know, people were horrible to each other. I mean, it was an awful environment. It was dirty. Um, the leaders, you know, cussed it people when they didn't get the job done and it was stressing people out was a normal event if things didn't happen the right way um you know just a horrible environment so we've built up you know a lot of companies i think have built up especially manufacturing and again it wouldn't be a big deal if five percent of your workforce there would be easier to change but in manufacturing more than 95 percent of your workforce are in the in the factory so it's especially important you figure out leadership and values and in the facilities where most of your people are but you know those those, a lot of manufacturing companies have decades of just bad habits built in you know leaders would get promoted you know from the front lines of the business based on you know and they would lead based on what they saw their last leaders do and there were just a lot of bad examples and a lot of bad habits out there so a lot of what we're trying to do is retrain people and you know they don't believe when people coming in from the outside they don't believe that value is a real thing because they've never been in a company that's been consistent. So, you know, it's, and I tell our people all the time too, that, you know, we don't, we're not getting people running to this company looking for jobs that are coming from great cultures and great pay. And they're, they're not leaving. They're going to, they're going to be staying at those, at those companies. We're getting the people that are, that are hurt, that have been hurt, that are running away from something horrible. At, at, at the very worst, or they just, you know, 
felt like they were walking in circles at the very best because they didn't feel like they were getting anything out of their job or their leader. So we got to be really careful when people are coming in that we just don't expect them to like figure out, hey, this culture is great and just jump on board because it's foreign to most people. So yeah, um, so it's it's a tr- it's tricky all the way around. Yeah, and. And what, what were some of your lessons, you know, for, for thinking about other leaders out there, other people in a similar position who are listening to this? Yeah, you know, what were some of the lessons you learned about setting up that leadership program? You know, what worked, what, what didn't? Yeah, you, um, you, you, uh, you're, you froze there for a second, Richard. Can you ask the okay. question again? I was going to say, yeah. So for anybody else who's expired here and thinking, yeah, I get it. We need to start training our people better. We need to invest in leadership development. What were some of the things you learned? at Lippa that worked with your leadership development program? What didn't, you know, are there any lessons you could share there? Yeah, lots of, lo- tons of lessons. And I'd say we're still learning today because every week, every month, every year, you know, we continue to take steps in the right direction because we have this momentum working where we committed to culture and we committed to values and we committed to leadership development and all those things as we, you know, tried new things and experimented. And that's one of the great things about going on a culture journey uh with your with your company and your team and your leadership is that there's it's a totally unex it's a totally unexplored area where yeah there's some companies like us and chapman's and you know businesses out there doing some really creative things around culture but to do it consistently and then continue to innovate along the way there's so many things that you can do but you know i think the the first thing you know again if you can't get the values in the business and get people believing that they're consistent and that people are held accountable, no matter who you are, whether you're the CEO or the, you know, frontline team member that's making a, a part or, or providing a service, uh, the very entry level part of the company. If you can't get that consistent, then none of the rest of it works. Right. You know, you can have all these great ideas, but you won't be able to execute if you don't, if people don't trust the value. So you know, that's number one. Um, again, I, I'd say another thing we, we did that was really helpful was just define what leaders what leader qualities, what, what qualities leaders need to have in the company. So that there's a defined, uh, explanation of that or, um, definition yeah. of leadership in the business. And I would tell you today, if you don't have that, go and ask your leaders around the business, how they would define leadership. And you will, if you ask a thousand people, you will get a thousand different answers. Right. So it's important to have a clarity just like you have around leadership and what leaders need to, to do, what the expectation is, just like it's important to have the core values. So everybody knows what the values of companies are. So I think that's, that's a really important step that we've learned. And then I think one of the bigger ones is we, we finally came to a point, you know, a few years into the journey where we said, look, we cannot keep giving our, our general managers, our executive leaders, our HR department, we can't give all these functional areas and people the responsibility of, of promoting culture. We all have to support it, but we, we decided early on that we needed a you know, we needed a, a, a special group that was going to focus on culture and keep all this great stuff in the airspace and keep it moving. And that was their only responsibility was culture and leadership development. Um, so we started like anything, we started with one person and it's grown to close to 30 people today, but that happened over the course of 10 years. So yeah. I, I would encourage businesses to start with somebody that's in charge of culture. One, you're going to have somebody that can dedicate hundred percent of their time and, and move, help move the ball when times get tough, but you know, we go back to, you know, just survival mode. Right. And we, we focus on a lot of other things, but you have somebody that can help focus on culture and be the person that reminds, Hey, look, we're, we said, we we're going to do this. Let's not forget about it. Um, yeah. here's an opportunity over there. Somebody that can run around and just see where the opportunities are. Um, but it's really, really difficult if you're just going to say, Hey, look, HR or executives, you know, HR, you're in charge of culture. Well, guess what? Their, their jobs have never been more difficult. They've mm. got more issues to deal with and they've got more social issues. They've got the, the DEI. They've got all the things that have stacked up on their plate over the last 10 years that make their jobs more complex. And then to say we're going to throw the most important thing in the company on their plate in addition to all the things that they're doing and say you're in charge of this too. I would just argue that it's not going to get done as well as if you, if you move it into a, uh, its own little uh, department or function, 
And, and besides, I think you send a great message to your team members. If you say, Hey, look, we think culture is so important. We're not going to make it one of the 20 things that HR does. It's its own area and it has its own leader. And we're going to grow programming and culture. And we're going to focus on culture because we've got somebody dedicated to it. Right. And, and do they report directly to you as CEO? Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, our chief culture officer and, and he, he reports, uh, directly to me today. Yeah. And he's got, a he's got, you know, like I said, about 28 ish people that, that work underneath him and anyway, leadership coaches. We've got personal development coaches. We've got a couple chaplains. We've got a leadership wow. Academy. Uh, we've got a health and wellness group and we've got, um, a, a community impact group. So, you know, all six of those key areas fit underneath our, our, our culture and leadership development officer. And, um, and we made, we were able to make progress in all those areas because those are all areas that really benefit, you know, each and every team member, um, and show that we, we care, um, yeah. from helping plug them into community Im- impact events at community service to chaplaincy, to leadership coaching to, Hey, look, personal development coaching. We found that, you know, a lot of people aren't great at work, not because they're not great or capable. It's because they're dealing with personal crisis. They're dealing with, you know, personal issues that, that they cannot unplug from when they come into work. And I know, you know, every business out there at one point or another has told their team members, Hey, look, we've your personal baggage at the door. Don't bring it into work with you to get your work done. And you know, you can worry about that stuff when you get home. But the, the truth is we all, you know, we, we've all said that, you know, over, over the decades, but it's impossible for a human being to unplug from the, 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 the real thing, the things that are real to them going on in their life. And as a CEO or a, a leader of a business, you might say, Hey, that's easy to do. Well, you're in charge of the business. You've got a different level of responsibility, but, uh, you know, somebody coming in that's on the front lines of the business, they cannot, that that's the most important thing going on in their life. And it's clouding their ability to do work well, because they're trying to like shove it down and suppress it and choke it out and not really, you know, paying attention to it. And that's not normal. So we give, when, when, when we see personal crisis happen and people with personal issues, we try to help them solve that issue. And sometimes it's just giving them some time and space to, to take care of whatever they need to do. And some people are deathly afraid to ask for a day off to go fix something uh, because they're afraid they're going to lose their job because that's what happened to people around them at the last job they were. So you know, anyway. Yeah, no, that well, that's it. You know, that that's a really important point, isn't it? This this expectation we have in the workplace that people kind of zip themselves up and you know put the shield on and, and grind <laughs> through the day. And yeah, I mean, it it, it makes no sense, right? It, it yeah. just doesn't make sense when you're considering right. the whole human, uh, well, yeah. Bob's term, you know, truly human leadership. It's not consistent. It'll suppress, it'll suppress performance. I mean, you know, if if people are are doing the best job they can and bringing their passion and energy to the specific job that they've got to do in the business, uh, at any level of the business, uh, it's going to hurt efficiency. It's going to hurt the efficiency opportunity in their job and that's bad for the business. So why would you want to help them take care of that so that they can get their heads clear and, and focus on the important priorities at work? Yeah. Yeah. And, and do you offer the, the coaching and that support to, to everybody, whatever the level? Yeah. So our leadership coaches just focus on the leadership. I mean, um, I mean, we could, we could make the argument that we could hire, we could triple the staff and help a lot more people, but our true goal. So we've got, you know, on 15,000 people, we've got about a thousand leaders in the business that, that lead people. They might lead two people. They might lead 20. Right. So our goal is to focus on every single leader in the business and help them to grow and develop. And, and then from there, we task them to say, look, we've equipped you, we've trained you. You've admitted you're a different person and a different leader today. Uh, go teach this to the people on the front line. Because while they might not lead today, they might lead tomorrow. Yeah. And if they're not going to lead tomorrow, man, you wanna, you're going to have a better group that you're leading if each and every one of those individuals are leading themselves better. So teach them about leadership. Just teach them how to lead themselves better. Uh, and if they're doing that, uh, in your group, then your, your group's probably going to perform better if they're leading themselves better. Nobody ever argues with that. Yeah, so, why yeah, would, yeah. so why wouldn't you try to help them lead themselves better and help them develop and grow as a human being and help them to figure out what their goals in, in their personal life and their professional life are and help them, you know, write some actions around getting some development going. And, and if you do that, 
mean, those people will probably be more loyal. They'll probably be more passionate about life. They'll probably be like, you know, I've never worked for a company that really cared enough about my personal life and my professional goals and my development. I'm pumped up. How, how much better is that person going to be for the business than somebody that's just, you know, thinking that life is terrible because nobody even ever talks to them? Yeah, yeah, um, and it's it, it's so obvious when you lay it out, but it's yeah. I think we've it's just like a, a kind of a corporate group thing that has taken over, which you know has these ideas about what it means to be professional, which right. is kind of anti-human at some level, right? Yeah, um, but that's interesting. That so anybody who leads anybody, you know, whether it's two people or ten people, they they get the coaching, right? Which is a lot different to a lot of other companies. They may do leadership development at the very top level, but that's perhaps as far as it goes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um. So one one thing you talk about on the website, and you talk about you 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 measure success uh, by how much you touch the lives of people. So do you have you know numerical metrics in place that you look at? Uh, how does that work? Absolutely. Yeah, our, our culture department has all sorts of awesome metrics um, around how we how we impact and transform people's lives. So you know, obviously, there's the you know there's the the stories that we get on a regular basis. Uh, I was at a listening session yesterday, which is another one of the things that we do regularly. I listen, I go for 90 minutes every, every week and go to a facility and sit in front of our frontline leaders and, uh, some of our frontline team members and, you know, cast some vision. I listen to, I let them present some things about the business. And then, uh, then I listen to them for 30 minutes and, you know, how can we get better? What, what other great things can we do to help, you know, promote culture and, you know, develop leaders and develop people. Um, so anyways, we, we, uh, I heard a story the other day where, a uh, guy got up and he wanted to share his personal and professional development plan. This is a guy in the front lines of our business. Uh, they asked a few people working for him and, you know, he starts out by saying, I, I just got out of jail 18 months ago. Um, and he wanted to change his life. He had, you know, found faith in jail. He was, uh, you know, uh, had my conversation with a cellmate and his cellmate's said, why don't you, why don't you go apply at Lippert? I've heard they've got a great value system. They treat their people well. So he did. And, uh, you know, he, he told the story about how, you know, since being here, he didn't know, he didn't realize he could have, you know, such a great life outside of, you know, family and uh, how his kids are going to grow up different because of the value system he's learned to live by at work that he obviously, you know, he takes home every day. I mean, that's the great thing about values. If you teach it for 40 or 50 hours a week, it's kind of hard not to live by those values yeah, when you yeah. think you're, because you're, you're living in the value system here for so long. But, you know, we track leadership coaching sessions. We track the, the amount of companies we help pull into philanthropy um, because a lot of people are watching what we do. So we're hooking them up and connecting them uh, into philanthropy programs, kind of how we do it. We're like, you, you got to hire somebody takes resources, but we'll help bring people along. We track that. Um, we track uh, personal development coaching. Uh, we track our chaplaincy hours mm. and coaching sessions there. Um, and again, like I said, there's, there's, I've got a box of, you know, letters right underneath my desk, desk here where, you know, people have just written in and, and told me stories about how, you know, how they've been transformed just by just by being a team member here over the course of the years and the, how the cultures impacted them in a positive way. Um, I mean, those are yeah. the greatest to me. Those are the greatest. And we had another lady to listening session in, in Florida the other week. Um, and she said, Hey, my, I took my core values card home to my kids and I talked about the importance of values. Wow. And I'm like, and that's pretty cool. She's like, no, the story, the story doesn't stop there. She goes, my kid asked me if he could have it. And he took it to his, you know, he took it to his baseball team and gave it to his coach. His coach started teaching it at the, uh, ah. the on, to the baseball team. They kind of had a core values moment before every practice or every game. And they let the kids talk about what the values meant to them or where did they see this value or that value. Um, and I, I was like, Ben, that's really cool. She goes, no, the story doesn't stop there. She said, he's a teacher at school and he took the core values and started teaching it in his classroom and doing a core values moment. So you never know how much impact and ripple effect that some of this stuff can have uh, if you just pay attention to it and focus on it. And I think that, you know, we're, we're, it's not 
you know, it's not that companies are bad or they're trying to do bad things. We've just gotten to a lot of bad habits and done business the wrong way for a long time. And now there's finally, you know, shining examples of companies that are really, you know, focusing on the, the truly human side of, of leadership and focusing on, you know, how business and how the way we work can impact people either positive or negatively by how we lead how we lead people and how we run our business. So. Yeah. Wow. Those are, those are but powerful. Want me to share the metrics with you. I got a whole, whole stack and I could. No, 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 no. I, I, I was just, just, just intrigued. Yeah. Um, I wonder, is your father still around? Yeah. Yeah. He retired. Um, he retired around 2000. So after he sold the business as the, as the business was kind of, you know, changing, and focusing more on RVs, he he uh, he exited, but he's uh, he's happily retired, and uh, him and my mom travel around and and uh, play a little bit of golf and visit, you know, all the all, all the family that's around the country. So, uh, and and, uh, well, and the reason I asked was I, I was intrigued to know if if he's you know heard these stories now. Does he have any reflections on you know how how the business has changed? Does he have a perspective on it? You know, you know, it's. Uh, I wish I could get him inside one of the listening sessions just to yeah. hear. But he was always awesome with people. He was very, um, you know, he was removed. But whenever he went to a facility, and I was with him several times when he was, uh, he was just humble and thoughtful. He he always made sure that whoever it was, whether it was a, a welder or a frontline leader or the plant manager, um, always made sure that they had the floor and, had his attention and uh if they needed something he was you know he'd make sure it happened while he um so i think in his mind you know he did a lot of that stuff but to see it you know permeate throughout the organization and see other people you know kind of take the lead on that type of of uh you know that that type of leadership i think you know is, is something he, he hasn't seen and maybe doesn't fully understand because it's hard to know until you're until you're in front of it, you see it on a regular basis, and it's just hard for him to do that. But my, you know, my my grandpa's still alive. Uh, oh, he's start- still alive too. Wow. Yeah, he just turned ninety eight this uh, this past this past month, and uh, you know, uh, of course, when he was in business, it was you know, it was you know, the wild west. So you know, it's it's probably really hard for him to understand, but he's really proud of how the company's changed and grown and the stories he hears. Yeah. But but I think that the the example you've just shared of your father is instructive because this goes back to the point you made earlier. Just being a great guy and like yeah. expecting others to model you isn't enough, right? You you got to be explicit about our values, explicit about the leadership qualities, and then train it. Yes, and about and it's about everybody having the ability and authority to hold each other accountable. To yeah, we say you know, we're, we're living by our values and our leader qualities. And, and I think we've done a good job over the last 10 years, you know, making sure that people that are great leaders are being encouraged and, and motivated and, you know, allowing them to develop and do more. And then the, you know, the ones that maybe didn't know are the ones that, that, that need a lot of work, coaching them up or moving them out of the position so that, you know, we don't, you know, we don't have bad leadership causing good people to leave the organization. Yeah. So we're not perfect. We got opportunities. I mean, you know, people walk into work, you know, great one day and they have a crisis the next and show up as a different person. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to be perfect, but you know, when you have a culture that's holding people accountable, it just does, you know, it, it, it creates amazing results for everybody around the organization because, you know, when everybody's really in and you only have a few bad actors, it's really hard for those bad actors to survive. Versus having a company where, you know, bad acting is allowed to happen at all different levels of the business and nobody's got, nobody's got the ability or courage to step up and see. Yeah. 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 Um, I was watching one of the videos on, on the site, a guy called Steve telling his story about how he'd experienced the culture changing yeah. and the way he characterized it was this, this flip from customer first to, to people yep. first yep. or customer and quality first to people first. Is, is that a good way of, of kind of characterizing this? Yeah, it's it's a good way. I mean, you know, putting people first, it's a it's a very bold statement. And I think, you know, so the question is how do you do that? I think Branson has it right. You know, you take you take care of your people and they'll take care of the customers. And then ultimately customers will be 
will be first it kind of indirectly but um wh- what i would tell you is that the how part is the difficult part mm. you know how do you put people first it's not you can't just say it obviously it's got to be something that and in a company our size i can say it but unless all of our other leaders throughout the the ranks are putting people first and living by the values and leading with the leader qualities we define leadership as um you know it's it's really hard for people to feel like they're first because you know, you have to ask them and that's what the surveys are for. It's like, you know, you know, do you, do you, do, do you feel like we're living out the values and, and the lead and leading the way we say we want to lead? Do you, do you feel that way? And we get a lot of that feedback in the surveys and there's always one or two opportunities here and there. But if you're working on it, like we are, you're going to have a lot fewer of those opportunities. than if you don't work on it. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um, Reading through the, the leadership quality or the leader qualities, and, and one of them here is, or the second one is, is servant leader. Interesting after effective communication, right? Which yeah. I think it sounds like it's the right order. But for the, for the skeptics out there who hear that term servant leadership and they're like, oh, but is there a risk that these leaders are too soft? They're not challenging their teams enough. You're not going to get the performance. You know, what, what's your response to that critique of the servant leadership stance? Yeah. Well, I'd say that, you know, um, First off, again, you know, we're not perfect. The goal mm. is the spike, you know, the goal is for every core value in each of the five leader qualities. The goal is it's like for the for our people to understand that it's important, to understand what those values and leader qualities are. And then okay, what are you doing to work on each of those areas? And you don't have to be like the perfect picture of a leader tomorrow, because there is no perfect picture. It's always you're always evolving, you're always growing and developing if you want to. But the the question is, is are you working on each of those areas? And do you have an action item where you're like, man, serve leadership, what can I do to take it up a notch? Um, well, you know, we, we try to live that out, uh, in leadership to make sure that people understand that, Hey, look, being a, what does being a servant leader mean? Well, that's part of what our leadership coaches do to our frontline leaders and our leaders across the companies explain what servant leadership is. Well, it's serving your team. It's putting them first. It's listening. You know, that's a big part of being a servant leader. If you, if, you can't serve your people if you don't know what their needs are. You don't know what their needs are if you're not if you're not actively listening and listening probably more than you're giving direction. Um, you know, coaching your people and doing what I said a minute ago. You got five people on your team. Our goal in our company is to make sure each five of those people on your team have growth and development plans for them personally and professionally. Mm. That's serving your team because yeah. who else is going to do that for them? Yeah. You know? um, and then on the on the external facing side, you know, we put our money where our mouth is. We've got four people in philanthropy and community, community impact. So we have a team that sets up serving activities for all, all of our facilities across the country. And, um, you know, it, it basically allows the plant to say, Hey, look, our community impact team has set up a serving event at the boys and girls club next, next Friday or next Saturday at three o'clock. And you and your family are welcome to show up. Here's the sign up sheet. You know, nobody has to do any work. The general manager or plant manager doesn't have to coordinate things, you know, and it's just part of what we do and part of what leaders are expected to do here. We don't say, hey, look, it's, it's, it's optional for you to do these every year. As a leader, we're expecting you as part of being a, a better servant leader to go out and serve people in the community. Mm-hmm. And we're not just doing it to pat ourselves on the back and say, hey, Lippert's doing a great job and we're giving 120,000 hours of community service every single year. We want other companies to see Hey, look, they're doing a good thing. It's not that hard. Hey, they're right down the street. We could call them and ask them. Um, yeah. and maybe they'll show us and tell us they seem like good people. Like they maybe want to tell us how they did that. And guess what? If 10 or 20 or 50 or a thousand other businesses start serving the communities, uh, because we're leading by example, I think that's a pretty awesome thing. I think that's servant. Um, so there's all these different layers to all, not just servant leadership, but all of our leader qualities and all we're asking people to do is just explore what that means for you. What is your next step in servant leadership? How can you be an effective communicator? What's one thing you can do in 2023 to be an effective communicator? What are you going to do this year to be more courageous? How are you yeah. going to motivate your team better? What, you know, what step are you going to take to motivate your team and be a better motivator and get them charged to do better work for each other and for the, for the business? And I, I actually like that pairing when I saw it, the, the servant leadership right? the, the, on the service but, and, and the motivation, right? Remember? The, the the yin and the yang almost yeah. yeah yeah for sure yeah 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 that's awesome 
Wow, fantastic! Um, I've, I've, you know, I've had uh, so much fun in in this conversation. Is it? Is there any? anything you might have expected me to ask or anything you haven't shared about how you're doing things that it would you know be useful to offer others um you know i would just um you know i would just urge companies to be courageous and in this journey um because they're you know a lot a lot of people will look at you funny when you want to do some of this stuff um you know you might get criticized uh but at the end of the day like Bob has told me time and time again, you know, it's doing right by people and, and doing good for your people. It's what we ought to be doing. It, it shouldn't be something we contemplate and say, well, should we or shouldn't we, uh, you know, lead in a, in a, in a more human-centered way uh, or a more truly human leadership type of way, as, as Bob always characterizes it. It's just, it shouldn't be a choice. We should just figure out how we can work differently they have a better impact there. But, you know, I would urge, urge companies to be courageous, try new things. You, you've got to get the values journey down. And if you've had values, start holding people accountable. Um, if you, uh, if you don't have values, create values and, and launch it like we did and, and then hold people accountable, uh, define leadership. I think that's really important. I think separating, like I said earlier, separating culture from human resources and, culture and leadership development, even from human resources. I think that's a really important statement to make for your business. And I don't care if you're, you know, 20 team members or if you were, you know, 15,000 or a hundred thousand, you know, you can start with one person there. And I will tell you that that person has an ROI you never thought it could have. Mm-hmm. Um, that, Cause that's what always people are asking us. What's the ROI? What's the ROI? Well, our turnover went from 130% down to 30% in 10 years. I don't know what the numbers are on that. And all the other, you know, other other benefits we've seen, but just the fact that more people are staying and we're getting momentum in the business has helped efficiency, safety, quality, innovation in our business exponentially. And you can't put a price on that. Yeah. Um, all from focusing on culture and values and leadership development. So um, I would just urge companies to be courageous and and take steps. And, and the journey is fun, by the way. The executive leadership team will have fun. The, uh, the other leaders in the business will have fun. Um, and it just adds a whole new, you know, uh, opportunity for people to explore and grow and develop themselves, which ultimately is going to keep them engaged in the business and bring more passion and energy to work, which I think is what makes a business better than maybe what your competitors is. I always say that our culture is our X factor. I mean, we've got to compete on price and service and quality. I mean, that's what every company has to do. But how much better are those three areas going to be in innovation and efficiency and safety and quality, the key metrics of the business? How much better is our business going to be when we have more of the same people coming to work every day because they want to be here and they're bringing more passion and energy to work because we're helping them grow and develop as human beings, which is making their lives inside of work better. It's making their lives with their families better. Half these letters in my box are people writing me saying, I'm a better father. I'm a better mother. Um, I'm a better husband. I'm a better wife. Uh, I'm, you know, just so much better outside of work because how I'm living for 40 or 50 hours a week inside work. And I don't think you can put a price on that. And I think that that type of person coming to your business and contributing and participating and creating value is way more valuable than somebody that comes to work thinking like, I hate my job or man, as soon as I can leave here, I am out of here. I hate my boss. We think of all the people that are coming to work today. Bob states the statistic very well. 88% of, you know, the people in America feel like they work for a company that doesn't care about them. Bob, mm. Bob looks at that, that survey every year. It's about the same. It doesn't change. And think about the inefficiency that those people that are unhappy and feel uncared about bring to those businesses every day. Yeah. You know, we're sitting here trying to tweak prices on materials and labor and, you know, overheads and, you know, you're, you can turn the dial a little bit, but how much efficiency are we losing because people are just unhappy and unmotivated? Think yeah. about that. It's a yeah. lot. I don't know what the number is, but. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, and there is a lot of research and Bob's brilliant, isn't he? Articulating all of the stats and the research, but the research that taking this approach has in terms of all of the you know, traditional business metrics is um, right. extraordinary, right? It works. Um, I mean, Bob's own business so outperforms financially the, the Warren Buffett portfolio. Yes. 
Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's I mean, be a better example. Know, and, the, and then the side effect is, is that, you know, business becomes a force for good because we're, you know, we're making people's lives better. Um, when people feel treated better and they feel like they're a part of something bigger, they feel like their opinion matters, their life matters at work. Um, they're developing healthy relationships at work. You know, they take that stuff home and it, it's helping kids grow up in a healthier way because the, the, the parents are healthier when they enter the home. And I just, you know, that's, that's the real win here is that the world gets better. Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, Ricardo Semler, his book, Maverick, you, you familiar with him and the, the company he had in Brazil ran along similar lines and he shares all the story. He's a mainly, mainly a male dominated workforce, all the stories he'd get letters he'd get from wives telling, telling him how much better behaved their husbands were. Yeah. That's true. Working. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's similar. It's true. It's true. Well, um, once again, uh, Jason, thank you so much. Uh, this has been an absolutely fantastic conversation. So inspiring. Uh, yeah, and I, I know how busy you are, so I'm extraordinarily appreciative that you've made the time to you know, record this and, and get the message out there. Well, thanks for, thanks for caring enough to have a conversation, and I hope you get this out to a lot of people. And if one or two people figure a couple of new things out, um, then it, you know, it's, it's a win. And if anybody needs to reach out and ask more questions about how you actually practice this stuff in the real, real world and a real business, um, you know, I'm, I'm easy to find on LinkedIn and people reach out all the time and I'm happy to help give people tips and, and thoughts to help get them across whatever barrier they're, or, or place they're stuck in. So thanks again and for I, having me. No, no, my, my pleasure. And I know I write that LTI Industries has, you have like, there's a part of your business which helps other businesses with this stuff. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So leadership, yeah. Acad- it's, it's our, it's called the Lippert Leadership Academy. Um, and we, we have a website, uh, I don't know what the website address is. I don't want to steer you wrong, but I can give that to you after the- Yeah, we'll put that in the notes for the show. Easy to find if you search Lippert Leadership. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Well, thanks again for an awesome conversation and enjoy the rest of your day uh, down in Indiana. And uh, it's been a great pleasure. Thanks. Thanks, Richard. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.